This is the text-to-speech podfic reading of Harry Potter and the Terrible Twos by Ms. Alex W.P. Chapter 1 Moons Pads Sirius let out a little whimper of defeat. I know it's my turn but... He whined into the darkness of their bedroom. I know, I know, Remus grumbled, dragging himself out of bed. You were in Azkaban. You can't use that forever, you know. How much longer do I get to use it? Sirius asked, grabbing Remus's wrist, and pulling him back toward the bed. Remus stumbled a little in the dark and Sirius wrapped his arm around Remus's waist and pulled him into a kiss. Remus sighed into his lips. Hmm, maybe another six months, Remus whispered. Tops. Remus leaned closer and pushed his hand up through Sirius's hair, which had mercifully grown out a bit since Remus had given Sirius a buzz cut earlier that year. Sirius's hand moved lower, away from Remus's waist and down the front of his pajama bottoms. Remus let out a little moan as Sirius's fingers grazed his. Moons. Pads. Now it was Remus's turn to whimper. He closed his eyes and leaned his forehead against Sirius's. Whoever made up the phrase, sleep like a baby, is a fucking liar, he groaned, peeling himself away from Sirius and shuffling into the dimly lit hallway. Moons. Pads. Coming, Harry, Remus said sleepily, pushing the door open to Harry's bedroom. Harry was standing up in his crib, looking wide awake and bouncing a little on the mattress. Harry, do you know what 3 a.m. means, mate? Remus blearily asked the chubby-cheeked baby. Harry only gave Remus a gummy smile with his four tiny teeth and put his arms up toward Remus. Moon's up, Harry said. Remus couldn't help but smile back at Harry standing there in his blue footy pajamas and clutching his little stuffed owl. He scooped the baby out of his crib and settled into the rocking chair for the fifth time that night. He pulled a blanket over the two of them and held Harry close, rocking back and forth. Remus closed his eyes and pressed a kiss to the top of Harry's black-haired head. Harry settled onto Remus's chest and put a thumb in his mouth contentedly while Remus rubbed his back. Nighttime is when we sleep buddy, Remus murmured. Harry only giggled. They sat like that in the dark for a long time. Or maybe it was only a few minutes. Because the next thing Remus knew, Harry was being gingerly lifted out of his arms. He's asleep, come back to bed, a low voice whispered in his ear. Comfortable here, Remus murmured, curling his long limbs awkwardly into the hard wooden rocking chair arm. Come on, the voice said, and strong hands were pulling him to his feet and leading him back to bed. Remus put his head onto the pillow and Sirius covered him with a blanket before gently kissing his hair. Sirius had just curled an arm across Remus's waist when. Moons. Pads. The next morning, Remus and Sirius sat at the kitchen table and just stared at each other with bloodshot eyes. A pot of coffee and two mugs sat between them on the table but neither of them had the energy to actually lift it. You pour it. Remus grunted. No, you do it, Sirius said, letting his head drop onto the kitchen table with a thud. I got the last two hairy shifts. Yeah, but I made the coffee, Remus said, weakly trying to kick Sirius's shin under the table. He missed.
Sirius groaned and obediently poured coffee into each of their mugs. Ah, I forgot the cream, Sirius whined. You're a fucking wizard, summon it, Remus said. Akio cream, Sirius mumbled waving his wand vaguely. The little pitcher of cream sloshed its way through the air and skidded onto the table with a splash. Sirius looked up at Remus with defeat in his eyes. Of course, he's asleep now, Remus said, taking a long sip of his coffee. Remus, Sirius whispered, leaning across the table. You know what would really wake me up? Oh my god, Sirius, I can barely get my eyelids up, never mind my. Not that, Sirius said. He reached into his pajama pocket and pulled out a pack of cigarettes. Remus's eyes widened. Don't do that to me, Remus groaned. We were supposed to quit. Together. Have you been? No. Sirius said. Remus raised an eyebrow. Once. But that was weeks ago. I just kept these in case of an emergency. And Mooney, six months without sleep is a fucking emergency. Remus nodded somberly. Without speaking they both got up and walked to their bedroom, pushed open the window, and sat on the floor under it. Sirius put two cigarettes in his mouth, lit them both with a relieved inhale and gave one to Remus. Remus inhaled gratefully then got up on his knees to blow the smoke out the window. They held the cigarettes outside between drags, wafting the smoke into the alleyway whenever the wind shifted. It hadn't taken long for Sirius to gain custody of Harry after his release from Azkaban. Dumbledore had made it clear that he'd rather Harry stay with his aunt and uncle, but even he didn't have the power to overrule Lily and James's will. The day that bitter-faced bitch Petunia had handed Harry over to Sirius and Remus with a good riddance had been one of the happiest of their lives. That was six months ago. They hadn't slept since. You can't expect him to have a normal sleep schedule, Andromeda said when they'd begged her for help a few weeks after bringing him home. He lost his mum and dad and was locked in a cupboard for months. He just needs love and patience. He'll sleep soon enough. When? Sirius asked desperately. When he's ready, Andromeda laughed. Trust me, you'll miss these days when he's older. Not likely, Sirius grumbled. Now, they sat in silence on the cold wooden floor of their bedroom. Maybe we should move, Remus said, lighting another cigarette immediately after stubbing out the first. Maybe London is too loud for him. Mooney, we've cast one-way silencing charms on his bedroom, Sirius said. He can't hear a thing. Well, he defeated Voldemort, Remus said. Maybe he's got super hearing, too. Sirius just rubbed his eyes. He mimicked Remus and lit another cigarette when they heard a little voice from the next room. Moons. Pads. They just looked at each other, eyes wide in disbelief, and started to laugh. They were punch drunk with exhaustion and a little dizzy from the cigarettes after not smoking for weeks. Moons. Pads. Sirius snorted, which made Remus laugh even harder, tears streaming down his face. They laughed until they couldn't breathe, until they were clutching stitches in their sides. Finally, Remus made it to his feet and put out a hand to haul Sirius up with him. 
An hour later, after breakfast and giving Harry a bath that had left all three of them soaked, they ventured out for a walk in Muggle London. They were a strange sight walking down the street. Sirius, with his tattooed arms, tight black t-shirt and jeans, combat boots, and aviator sunglasses, pushed the baby in a fussy little pram next to Remus, all long limbs and messy curls in his slouchy corduroys and worn Ziggy Stardust t-shirt. He also hid from the ghastly morning brightness behind a pair of dark sunglasses. They made their way to a nearby park where they settled onto a bench while Harry toddled around the little playground. They both kept their eyes trained on Harry's every movement while Sirius wordlessly passed Remus another cigarette and the lighter. Remus gave him a scolding look but took it. Last one, he said, squeezing it between his lips. Sirius just nodded and leaned forward as Remus lit the lighter for him. They watched Harry like that for a while before they were interrupted. Excuse me, said a small voice. But is that, Harry Potter? Remus and Sirius both looked up through their sunglasses at a young woman who stood in front of them with a baby of her own on her hip. They just stared for a moment before Sirius took a drag on his cigarette and stood, walked quickly toward Harry, and scooped him up. And that's Sirius Black, the woman said to Remus who was standing now, too. Remus flicked his cigarette onto the pavement and ground it out with the toe of his boot. Don't know what you're talking about, Remus said simply and turned toward Sirius who had arrived next to him with Harry in his pram. Remus shoved his hands into his pockets. Ready? Sirius nodded silently, stuck the cigarette between his lips and tried to look dignified as they pushed Harry away from the gawking woman. Okay, you're right, Sirius admitted when they were well out of earshot. We need to move. Oh. Live near us. Andromeda said when she dropped by with Dora later that week to visit. It would be wonderful to have you close by. And I could watch Harry more often. She looked back and forth between the pair of them, who sat slouched on the couch with Harry wedged between them. In fact, she said, her eyebrows furrowed. You both look like shit. Oh cheers, Andromeda, Sirius said scornfully. Piss off. I'm serious, she said. No, I'm. Sirius started, but Andromeda cut him off, putting a hand into the air to shut him up. I swear, if you make that stupid joke one more time. She said before turning to Remus. How do you put up with him? When Remus only shrugged, Sirius threw an arm around his shoulder. He knows he loves me, Sirius said, gazing at Remus admiringly. Remus's eyes closed and he dropped his head onto Sirius's shoulder. Harry reached up between them and curled a little hand around each of their necks. They both smiled and sleepily kissed the top of Harry's head. You two will be utterly useless if you don't get some sleep, Andromeda said. How can we sleep when this little bugger won't let us? Sirius said, lifting Harry into the air over his head and tickling him, making the little boy squeal with delight. A thin little rope of drool dripped out of Harry's mouth and onto Remus's cheek. Kids are like dogs, Andromeda said. You don't say, Remus drawled, wiping the drool away with the edge of his t-shirt. I mean they can tell when you're tired or stressed, she continued. Why don't you leave him with me for a few days? 
Both men were suddenly snapped awake and protesting loudly. You're dead on your feet. Andromeda yelled over their voices. He'll be fine. Trust me. I know how to take care of a baby, especially an easy one like Harry. Yeah, easy, Sirius scoffed, but Remus nudged him. We haven't slept, Sirius, Remus said in an undertone. It doesn't matter, Sirius protested. And we haven't, you know, in a while either, Remus continued in an even lower voice. We'll think about it, Sirius said. And that's how, three days later, Sirius and Remus were dropping Harry off at Andromeda's house with enough clothes, books, toys, and baby supplies for a month, along with a five-page list of all his likes, dislikes, and hourly routines for both night and day. You're only going for the weekend, Andromeda said in astonishment as they dropped all the bags onto her living room floor and kissed Harry again and again with tears in their eyes. You can't be overprepared, Remus said. You taught us that, Sirius agreed. He likes to have his milk heated before bed, Remus said. But not too hot, Sirius added. And he needs you to give him his owl to sleep with. And his pacifier. The blue one is his favorite, Remus said. When he wakes up in the night he likes to be rocked back to sleep. Oh shit, do you have a rocking chair? Mooney, we should have brought the rocking chair. I'll apparate home and get it. Oh my god. Andromeda said. I have a rocking chair. Get out of here. Chapter 2 He'll be fine, won't he? Sirius asked, starting to chew his thumbnail. Maybe we should go back. Pads, we haven't even left yet, Remus said. Indeed, they were only a few steps away from Andromeda's front door. Is three nights too long? Sirius said, starting to pace a little. It's too long. It's not too long, Remus said, gently turning him away from the house. What if something happens? Sirius said, a note of panic creeping into his voice. Remus lit a cigarette and stuck it in Sirius's mouth. Here, suck on that, Remus said, bracing Sirius by the shoulders and looking straight into his blue-gray eyes. Nothing will happen. Hear me. Sirius nodded, and Remus glanced up in time to see Andromeda watching them out the window and rolling her eyes. Remus gave her the finger and she gave it back with a smirk. He grabbed Sirius by the arm and apparated them away before Sirius could change his mind. They landed at the edge of a pretty village that Sirius had chosen mostly for its rowdy pubs. She'll send a Patronus if anything happens, right? Sirius asked. Of course, Remus said. And they have a phone so Ted could even call the hotel, if they needed to. Sirius scoffed as though using a telephone in an emergency was the most ludicrous thing he'd ever heard of. When they got to the hotel, though, it was Remus's turn to be nervous. This is too posh for me, Remus said, looking up at the sprawling mansion. Sirius laughed. I've seen you go undercover with werewolves, face dementors without a wand, break me out of Azkaban, and punch Albus Dumbledore in the face, and I don't think I've ever seen you look this scared, Sirius said. Posh people are scary, Remus squeaked. I'm posh, Sirius said. 
And you can be quite terrifying, Remus said. Sirius shoved him forward and a few minutes later, they were checking in. I see you've booked the honeymoon suite Mr. Black, the woman at the reception asked, looking down at their reservation card. That's right, Sirius said with a grin that made both Remus and the reception woman blush. She cleared her throat and wordlessly handed them two ornate wrought iron keys. Cheers, Sirius said, giving her a wink that turned her cheeks an even deeper shade of scarlet. You're shameless, Remus muttered as they walked away. Life's too short for such a useless emotion as shame, my love, Sirius said, turning and walking backwards so they were facing each other. Come on. Our room's this way. He pulled Remus back outside and over the manor house's sprawling lawn, across a little wooden bridge that crossed a brook, and through a wild rose garden until they reached a secluded carriage house that had been converted into the honeymoon suite. The sun was already dipping halfway down the sky, casting a soft golden light across the dusty violet patches of bell heather and velvety green grass that blanketed the rolling hills that rose around them. A bottle of champagne in a bucket of ice waited for them inside with a note that read, Congratulations and best wishes to Mr. and Mrs. Black. Nice touch, Remus said, reading the card. But Sirius didn't answer. Instead, he groaned longingly and when Remus looked up, he saw why. She's beautiful, Sirius murmured. Mm, Remus agreed. Stretched in front of them was the most glorious-looking king-sized bed they'd ever laid eyes on. The mattress was thick and plush and was heaped with mounds of soft, fluffy white pillows. I love you, Mooney, Sirius said apologetically, running his hand across the smooth white duvet. But I think right now, I love her more. Remus looked at his watch. It's only 7.30, Remus said. But I'm so tired. Sirius said. Me too, Remus agreed. We wouldn't be using the honeymoon suite for its intended purpose, Sirius said. Should we feel guilty? Considering we're not really on our honeymoon, I think the room will let it slide, Remus said. Will you shag me senseless in the morning? Sirius asked. Of course, Remus said. And with that, they peeled off their clothes, cast a darkening charm in the still sunlit room, and climbed into the perfect, heavenly bed, where they promptly fell into a deep, coma-like sleep. The next morning, Remus woke with a start. Harry, he said breathlessly, sitting straight up in bed in the sprawling suite, which was now bright with mid-morning sunshine. He looked around, disoriented, and it took him a few seconds to remember where they were and why Harry hadn't woken them up throughout the night. Sirius was still fast asleep, buried under the duvet with only the top of his black head sticking out a little among the nest of pillows. Remus grabbed his watch off the bedside table. It was 10.30 in the morning. They'd slept for 15 hours straight. Remus put his hand on the telephone next to the bed, wrestling with whether to call Andromeda's house to check in, when an owl tapped on the window. He crossed the room and retrieved the note affixed to the owl's leg. Harry had a great night. We're off to the playground. Don't worry, have fun. Love, A. He smiled at Andromeda's uncanny ability to know what they needed before even they did, climbed back into bed and let his head drop onto the pillows. He rolled over, and when his arm brushed the warm, bare skin of Sirius's back, 
he let out a little sigh. Remus felt a blaze of heat spread in his body but felt guilty waking up Sirius, who needed sleep, arguably more than he did. So, he contented himself for a while with gently tracing his fingers along the lean muscles of Sirius's shoulders and watching his chest rise and fall under the duvet. Remus knew every inch of Sirius's body but still found himself in awe of the man lying next to him. Sirius had gained so much strength back in the eight months since leaving Azkaban, but they'd been so busy with Harry, Remus felt like he hadn't had a chance to really appreciate it. Any way you looked at it, Sirius Black was a miracle, of survival, of beauty, and Remus couldn't help wondering how someone like himself could be so lucky as to share a bed with this force of nature. Sirius didn't like it when Remus did the self-deprecating thing, but Remus still sometimes felt that when he looked at Sirius, he was glimpsing a little piece of the divine. Yet Sirius wasn't a demigod. He was human and Remus knew all his imperfections as intimately as he knew Sirius's body. He was reckless and mercurial, got bored easily, tended to act and speak before thinking, and still had more than a few traces of aristocratic snobbishness, as much as he didn't like to admit it. But somehow it all took Remus's breath away. He felt himself shuddering a little as he lay next to Sirius's naked body and soon, he wasn't just tracing Sirius's shoulders with his fingertips, but was pressing his hand against the rippling planes of Sirius's back and trying to keep his breathing steady. Sirius stirred a little and Remus felt a hitch in his breath as Sirius reached a hand behind him to drag Remus's arm around his waist. Remus curled into him from behind and buried his face in the back of Sirius's neck. Sirius's fingers moved down Remus's arm to the top of his hand, which he directed to the bottom of his stomach. Remus palmed Sirius's beautifully carved hips and stomach muscles, teasing his hand just above where Sirius seemed to want it. Sirius groaned a little and squirmed against Remus, arching his neck in response to the pleasurable torture Remus was putting him through. Remus only continued teasing Sirius's stomach and hips with his fingers and pressed his mouth to Sirius's exposed neck and shoulders, running his teeth and tongue along the muscles and tendons. Remus couldn't help grinning to himself as he felt goosebumps erupt down Sirius's arm and heard his breathing growing more and more ragged with every bruising kiss. Remus allowed his hand to gently brush against Sirius's cock, which Remus was satisfied to feel was already hard, but didn't take it in his hand, instead moving past it and pushing between Sirius's legs and dragging his fingers along the sensitive skin of his inner thighs. Sirius let out a desperate whimper, fisting the sheets with one hand and running another through his hair in agony. Are you trying to kill me? he whispered breathlessly into the pillow. Maybe, Remus's voice was a low rumble in Sirius's ear, which apparently was all Sirius could take. He twisted his body around and pushed Remus onto his back, straddling him slowly before interlacing both their hands together and sliding them over Remus's head. Remus let out a little pant of surprise and dropped his head backwards in surrender. That was easy, Sirius breathed hotly into Remus's neck before roughly pressing his burning mouth and tongue down the length of Remus's throat, down to his chest, and across his shoulders. Remus's hands reflexively pushed against Sirius's, trying to free himself, but Sirius pushed back and spread Remus's legs with his knee, never relenting in the slow, hard kisses that he left along Remus's neck and collarbone. Sirius pulled his hands away and ran his fingers down Remus's biceps. Finally, and without thinking, 
they both wrapped their arms around each other and their lips met in a deep, long kiss, their mouths and tongues searching with anticipation and longing. Sirius lowered his full weight onto Remus's eager chest, and they reveled in the feel of each other's skin and taut muscles and the hard, heavy lines of their desire. How could every time feel like the first time, Remus wondered through the dizzying fog of it, letting himself consume and be consumed by the golden, white-hot haze of Sirius Black. Afterwards, they lay, panting and dazed at the foot of the enormous bed, although neither of them was quite sure how they ended up there, and Sirius let out a weak little laugh. Fuck, I missed you, he breathed, and rolled feebly onto his side to face Remus, whose arm was flung across his eyes and who lay, spread eagle across the rumpled sheets. Mooney, you, you make me crazy, you know that. You're one to talk, Remus muttered. No listen, Sirius said, pulling Remus's arm away from his eyes and putting a finger to Remus's chin, turning his head so they were face to face. You are so fucking beautiful that it sometimes hurts me to look at you. Stop, Remus said. No, you stop. I wish you could see yourself the way I do. Hell, the way anyone who looks at you does. Sirius said. You are. He paused, as though trying to think of a word strong enough to fully convey what he was thinking and feeling. Art, Sirius said simply. Remus bit his lower lip and turned his wide amber eyes toward Sirius who let out a shaky breath and ran a hand through his hair. See that? Right there. You don't even know you're doing it, Sirius groaned. You just, you undo me. They ordered room service brunch and made love again under the hot water of the shower. They took a long walk in the woods and did it again, pressed frantically against a tree. They had dinner in the manor house restaurant and couldn't keep themselves from touching each other under the table, and when they finally made it back to the carriage house, their roaming hands hot and eager, they stumbled through the door and onto the bed, taking each other apart and putting each other back together once more before falling into a sweet, satisfied sleep. Chapter 3 The next morning, it was Sirius waking Remus up with gentle kisses and lingering touches, and they easily fell into a slow, sleepy rhythm together without even speaking. In the afterglow, Sirius whispered in Remus's ear. I have a surprise for you, he said, and after breakfast they joined hands and apparated somewhere Remus recognized. The Mithras Athenaeum. Remus exclaimed, looking around at the Gothic-style vaulted ceiling and miles of heavy oak bookshelves extending down long, lantern-lit rows of the ancient wizarding library. It had to be at least twenty times the size of the Hogwarts library and reverberated with powerful magic. Andromeda told me how much you loved it here, Sirius said, squeezing his hand. And that you left without getting a library card. Remus's heart twinged at the memory of the other time he visited this library. He and Andromeda desperately scoured the shelves for any information they could find to help Remus break into Azkaban prison to rescue Sirius. It had been a raw and blustery day in December and Remus's heart cleaved in two reading about the terrible place, knowing that Sirius was trapped inside it. The memory of those months without Sirius lived in Remus like a vivid nightmare. But it was over, and today was sunny and warm, and Sirius's hand was wrapped tightly around his own, sure and steady and strong. 
Remus triumphantly got his library card and spent many happy hours exploring and exclaiming over the moldy volumes, while Sirius trailed behind him indulgently, his hands in his pockets and smiling softly, happy to just watch Remus lose himself among the shelves. Pub. Remus said, when they finally left. I thought you'd never ask, Sirius said. They apparated back to their suite at the hotel before trudging through the field and onto the road into the village in contented silence, the golden evening sunlight casting them in a warm glow. Sirius chose the pub that seemed the loudest, and when the door swung open the happy, rowdy sounds of laughter and clinking glasses drew them inside. They sidled up to the bar and each ordered a pint before settling into a booth. They'd only taken a few sips each when a pretty muggle girl approached with an assured gaze. Remus was used to this. During the war, when nights at the pub were the only modicum of normalcy and fun, Sirius could barely get through an evening without a woman propositioning him. That's why Remus almost choked on his beer when the girl, who was wearing a low-cut blouse and obscenely short shorts, leaned over the table towards him and wet her lips suggestively. My friend over there almost dropped her knickers when you walked in the door, she purred. But she was too nervous to come say hello. So, I thought I'd do it for her. Hello. Remus glanced at Sirius who was watching the scene play out with a devilish grin. When Remus caught his eye, Sirius cocked an eyebrow, leaned back, and stretched out his long legs under the table, gently brushing the underside of Remus's calf as he did. Well, Mooney, he said, his voice barely containing his obvious relish. Aren't you going to say hello? Right, Remus said, the color rising up his neck and cheeks. Hello. Nice to meet you. Thank you for, thank you. Sirius's hand deftly moved under the table to the inside of Remus's thigh, where he traced his fingers maddeningly. Remus swallowed and batted his hand away before the girl could notice. Mind if I join you? the girl asked, her eyes scanning Remus's body and lingering on the scars that slashed across the muscles of his forearms. She lowered her voice to a husky whisper. I like my boys a little rough. Sorry, Remus said. I've um, I've got someone. Shame, the girl replied. If you happen to get sick of her tonight, I'll be right over there. She nodded to the far corner of the pub, then turned back to Remus and winked before walking away. What the hell was that? Remus asked. I don't know what you're talking about, Sirius said, snaking his hand up Remus's shirt from behind and biting his lip. Seemed perfectly reasonable to me. Will you knock it off? Remus said with half a laugh, pushing Sirius away again. You're gonna get us kicked out of here. I don't care, Sirius said in a low voice. I can't help it if seeing you so openly desired makes me feel things. Big, bold, uncontrollable things. Shut up, Remus said, utterly mortified, especially since Sirius was now laughing so delightedly at his discomfort. She was just pissed. Probably been drinking since this morning. Did you see her? She could barely stand up straight. That was just you making her go weak in the knees, Mooney, Sirius said, knocking back the last of his pint and slapping Remus on the thigh. Face it. You're irresistible. He got up to order them another round while Remus squirmed uncomfortably in his seat. 
suddenly the pub seemed a lot stuffier than it had when they walked in. And as it turned out, Sirius was quite right. Not an hour later, a woman approached while they were playing billiards, asking Remus to help her practice her curve shot, which made Sirius bark with laughter. Cheeky, Sirius said after she left. Remus just rolled his eyes. Another woman sent Remus a pint with her phone number scrawled on a paper napkin. Gonna keep it just in case things don't work out here. Sirius teased, gesturing between them. But when a strikingly beautiful woman with sleek black hair and blue-gray eyes not unlike Sirius's grabbed Remus's hand and pulled him close to her body, even Sirius had had enough. He pushed an arm between them with a little too much vigor and yanked Remus out of her grip. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing, love, Sirius told her, and although his tone was light and playful, Remus saw the glint of territorial annoyance in his eyes. Trust me, you're not up for it. He steered Remus back to their table where he swigged down the last of his pint without sitting down. Remus just watched him with a bemused expression. Not having fun anymore. I've got to get you out of here before you give in and let one of them have their way with you, Sirius said. I thought you might with that last one. I have to keep my options open just in case, what did you say before? Just in case things don't work out, here. Remus said, raising his eyebrows and trying hard to keep from laughing. Yeah, well, I'll just have to work a little harder to keep your attention, Sirius said. Come on. Remus followed Sirius out of the pub and down the road until they reached the gravel path leading to the hotel. They crossed the field and the little stream, craning their necks to look at the stars as they walked through the sleeping flowers. Remind me to get you a stick so you can beat them off next time, Sirius said as they approached the carriage house. Honestly, I don't understand what happened back there, Remus said. What's not to understand? You're bloody gorgeous, I've been telling you that for years, Sirius replied, reaching into his pocket to pull out the key. Yeah, well, it's usually you who's being attacked when we go out to pubs, Remus said, leaning against the door while Sirius unlocked it. When we go out to wizarding pubs, Sirius corrected him. Remus stepped back while Sirius opened the door to the dark suite. Half those witches probably know I'm rich. Here it's just you and your pure animal magnetism. I'll show you animal, Remus replied, pushing Sirius inside, and soundly locking the door behind them. The next morning, over coffee, Sirius said out loud something Remus had been thinking. I miss Harry. Me too, Remus said. I can't wait to see him. It'll be sad to leave here, though. Maybe we don't need to, Sirius said stretching his arms over his head and gazing out the window thoughtfully at the tangle of roses outside. You don't think Andromeda would notice if we never came back for our baby? I mean, we said we needed to move, Sirius said. Why don't we move here? It's really pretty and quiet, and no one knows us. And you're already popular down at the pub. Remus scoffed a laugh, but Sirius just watched him, expectantly. You're serious. Always, Sirius shrugged. That will never not be funny to you, will it? Remus said, shaking his head. Not likely, he said. And I am serious. We need a fresh start. 
a place for Harry to run around and grow up without eyes on him all the time. Some place with grass and stars. London is too. Sirius trailed off, and his eyes clouded. Remus didn't need him to finish. London was stifling. And filled with ghosts. I know, Remus said, reaching across the table to take Sirius's hand in his. Are we really country people, though? What you can't see me in muddy wellies, mucking about in the vegetable garden? Not particularly, Remus laughed. Although, I would like to see you with your hands dirty. Oh, like you don't see enough of my dirty hands, Sirius shot back, his eyes glimmering. Why don't I show you one more time to remind you? Finite. Thanks for listening to this text to speech podfic composed by Burning Aurora.